Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Doug Krisner in New York, 47 past the hour here on Bloomberg Markets. Let's get you caught up on what's happening in uh, financial markets at this hour. Second day, I checked that last day of the second quarter. We are at higher levels right now, very near uh, the session highs. But trading is a bit on the light side in front of the holiday weekend, so uh, that could be exaggerating movement just a bit. Here's a question, though. So if the Russia collusion story has kind of faded into the background, is the market betting that the Trump economic agenda is back on track? Look at the 10-year Treasury. We're at 2.30%. Yes, some of this may have to do with the hawkish tone we heard from many of the central banks in the past week, but even so, it's been a quite a week uh, for the bond market. U.S. 10-year Treasury, as I mentioned, at 2.30, and we have crude oil back above 46 a barrel. WTI is on track to pick up about 6% the week uh, for the week. The focal point really has been that drop in gasoline stockpiles uh, that was kind of surprising. We talked about that uh, in the last session here on Bloomberg Markets. Dow Industrial Average benefiting from a rally in Nike shares. They're up 10% with those better-than-expected earnings. Nike also announcing that deal with Amazon.com. The Dow is ahead 6 tenths of 1%. S&P 500 higher by 5 tenths of 1%. Let's call that one half of 1%. And the NASDAQ composite ahead 3 tenths of 1%. All right, so you're caught up on markets. Let's get more Bloomberg markets as we make our way to the closing bell. Thank you very much, Doug. Well, coming up, the ETF report. It's brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility or well, minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, visit blackrock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Let's get to Jenna Dagenhart, who's got the ETF report. Quincy Jones made music for Ray Charles and Michael Jackson. Well, now he's striking a chord in the ETF industry. An ETF bearing the 84-year-old's name was filed this month with the SEC. It's called the Quincy Jones Streaming Music, Media, and Entertainment ETF. Basically, he has nothing to do with the ETF. He's not going to be picking stocks for you. Uh, but they've just uh, licensed his name and are hoping that that star power is going to draw in some assets. Bloomberg Markets reporter Danny Berger says this is the first time she's seen a non-finance celebrity's name on an ETF. This kind of speaks to the craziness of how many ETFs are right now and what it takes to stand out in the crowd. Passive funds are attracting investors at a record pace. And in the U.S. alone, there's a swamp of 2,000 ETFs. 2,000 ETFs, that's a lot. How do you stand out? Some people have gone for math-based strategies that sound really sophisticated. Other people try to keep it simple and cheap. And it looks like the new strategy might be just really strong. I'm Jenna Dagenhart. That's your Bloomberg ETF for Report. All right. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. This portion brought to you by Eisner Amper International Tax Professionals. Multinational companies must prepare for tax reform. Transfer pricing, new territorial tax system, cash repatriation. EisnerAmper.com slash 2017 tax reform. This is Bloomberg Radio. Global Chief Investment Strategy PNC. And Bill, when you look across all the activity in the markets, and I've been off most of the week, what's the, what did I miss this week? What's the most important thing that happened in the markets this week? Uh, you know, I think it was really the, well, whether you argue that it was a change in tone from the central banks uh, or not, one way or another, the markets are ch- taking it as a change in tone, particularly from the ECB. I mean, uh, and that, I think, is spilled over into the U.S. market. So to me, it's just amazing when you say, well, we started the week with a 10-year at a 212, which the low of the year was 210, so barely off that. And all of a sudden, as I'm sitting here uh, now, we're up uh, to a uh, 230 
uh, and maybe even more staggering uh, is looking at the German 10-year, which started at about a quarter of a percent uh, and is now, you know, 0.46 percent, um, which, again, obviously still an absolute low number, but as a percentage, that's a massive move, obviously. All right, Bill Stone, is it the case of finally the beginning of some volatility in the financial markets, whether it's among treasuries or equities? Um, or is it the beginning of a new trend line? Uh, you know, maybe it's both, um, given that, you know, I think part of, I think a lot of people, me included, would argue that, you know, having the, the rate so ultra low uh, in most places in the world um, probably helped tamp down some of the volatility. And because you're going to have, at least it looks like, if you believe the central bankers, they want to start exiting some of this uh, uh, this monetary stimulus. We're still going to have plenty, by the way, um, but it's probably exiting out. And I think there's always that possibility that they push it too far at different times, and that certainly, and we've seen it here in the U.S., it's added to the volatility of time, and it, I don't expect it to be any different outside the U.S. as well. Well, and, and to that, I mean, it, this, this lower for longer has had some really perverse results, uh, 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 effects on the market, I think. I wonder how much you think the the discussion and the move from active management to passive management is directly connected to low rates of return and fixed income. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard because, yeah, I think you're right. Part of it is at least certainly I think history would say passive does better in very strong markets, and there's no denying it's been a great market uh, since the market low. Um, and so perhaps it doesn't guarantee that active management will be better, you know, when things are choppier because they still have to make the right uh, calls. But at the end of the day, at least I think it gives them a better shot. Uh, at least that's certainly our belief. Hey, listen, what I find interesting – uh, according to your notes, is that despite we've seen some nervousness among technology stocks and, again, some volatility certainly creeping into the overall equity trade, but tech included, uh, you recommend overweights to technologies. Why? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, so, yes, and I think you have to say you expect some volatility because they went on, a, you know, a phenomenal run. But at the end of the day, just look at the valuations even, and you're talking, you know, barely, not even one, you know, earnings multiple more than you're paying for the market overall, but yet you're getting a sector that, if I just talk on the whole, has much better you know, earnings growth potential and certainly now produces nice cash flows, et cetera. And, you know, when you're thinking about the growth engines uh, of uh, of the economy, is certainly part of that. So I think it kind of is, is a little bit short-sighted to just say, well, just because it's done so well, uh, I want to just run away from it. Well, therefore, how important is earnings season uh, here? I mean, second quarter earnings uh, can t- in some industries be the, the kind of uh, air pocket. Yeah, I mean, so far, I mean, obviously, it's way too early in the earnings season to take anything too uh, too much from it, but at least so far, so so good. I mean, as a whole, companies, you know, again, we haven't had that many, uh, are running ahead of first quarter. I, I wouldn't suspect that'll be the case by the time we get to the end, um, but obviously, you know, Nike's a great example this morning, but... Um, but in the end, uh, you know, we still look for a pretty good earnings season. I think the difference is now you've got at least some help on the global side for these S&P 500 com- companies where we've had a lot of trouble there um, for some past quarters. First quarter was good with the global side. Uh, it looks like, especially, you know, with Europe continuing to do better than expected, that may help maybe bridge the gap with maybe some of the softer numbers in the U.S., but we'll, it'll be interesting to hear what the what the managements have to say. Bill, what makes you most uncomfortable about this? Uh, marketing envi- market environment. 
well, I guess it's you know we've we've already booked uh, you know a. Uh, uh, well, I shouldn't say it yet since we have a few minutes left to go, but close to booking um, mm. a uh, you know a gain of eight and a half percent on the S and P uh, without any significant real downturn, and I think that you know we know it's going to happen, right? Um, and over the last twelve months, we're up like sixteen percent. It's not that I'm negative; I'm still positive, but that certainly lends that eventually we're going to have a pullback here. And and do we have a lot of people that are newer into the market, and that may cause you know maybe a little bit more of a downdraft? Um, maybe the second thing is just making, hoping our view is that the U.S. economy is going to come out of this kind of softer patch here uh, at the moment and show up better for the whole year. We obviously have to see that happen. I mean, it really has been an, an amazing run. Uh, and you, you, I would imagine, are in the camp. You don't think it ends because of old age. No, I don't think old age kills it, you know, um, you know whether you're talking about the the stock market or the economy, um, particularly you know when I go back to the to the to the uh, market. I mean certainly it's hard to say stocks don't look attractive even with interest rates moving up some. You know relative to interest rates, I mean, um, right. but but certainly part of the you know what you have to watch for. Bill Stone, global chief investment strategist at PNC. Thanks for your time. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg.